everybody, this is Hafsa, and you are listening to Decrypted, a weekly podcast that simplifies complex topics in politics and history. It doesn't matter what your background is, grab a coffee or tea if you're a tea person, because in today's episode, we're talking about the infamous principle of laïcité in France. Article 1 of the French Constitution maintains that France is a laic republic that ensures the equality of all citizens regardless of origin, race or religion, and that it respects all beliefs. But what is laïcité and what are its origins? On Google Translate, laïcité translates into secularism, but is it really secularism? And wait, what about religious freedom? Is it accurate to say that laïcité is inherently anti-religion? In very simple terms, laïcité is the separation between religion and politics. It is the absence of religion from the public sphere. But we're not people who are satisfied with simplicity, are we? We like to delve into complexity while remaining simple, right? So for that purpose, let's dive into a portion of French history. France has a long and difficult relationship with religion, and we can say that laïcité is a product of this relation. For centuries, the church had tremendous power, and it had a say in almost everything, from politics to social matters. And that relationship was based on interest, in the sense that the Pope designated the ruler, and in exchange, the ruler supported the church. And, of course, that Pope-ruler relation was not a fairy tale. It was conflictual, because, generally speaking, The French rulers wanted to limit the Pope's jurisdiction to religious matters, so this paved the road for an extensive secularization during the Enlightenment and the French Revolution in the 17th and 18th century. But the French didn't wake up one day and decided, hey, we'll become laïque. So what happened exactly? The Enlightenment century promoted values like tolerance, freedom and equality. And the idea was to save people from obscurity and take them to light. Obscurity was symbolized by intolerance, which in itself was somehow represented by religion, and light being rationalism and scientific progress. And it is no surprise that the Industrial Revolution took place by the end of the Enlightenment, because Philosophers back at the time generally considered religion to be a driver of backwardness and an obstacle for reason and truth and morality. If we take Voltaire, he was not a big fan of the power that the church held. For him, the Bible was an ordinary book, and what mattered to him was God and a religion free from dogma, fanaticism, and superstition. And in this sense, he defended the idea that people are free to choose their beliefs and that religious plurality was a good and healthy thing for society. 
So going back to the general picture, many Enlightenment philosophers converged around what Voltaire advocated for, but let's be frank, others had a more critical view of religion. But Hafsa, this feels like a philosophy class. What about laïcité? And I'll tell you, indeed, you're definitely right. But it's important to understand that the Enlightenment was associated with skepticism towards the church and towards religion in general. And that's the idea I'd like you to keep in mind because those developments set the road for a central idea. Clerics are neither superior, not immune, and authority should stem from the nation, not from God. Now, going to the French Revolution, one major change it brought about was ending the principle that Catholicism was the religion of the French state. And I would say that this was the first concrete step in the secularization process, because remember, philosophical work during the Enlightenment raised awareness, but it didn't beget real change. So, instead of Catholicism being the religion, Article 10 of the infamous Déclaration des droits de l'homme stated that no one should worry about their opinions provided that they do not disrupt the public order. And this so-called disruption of public order is important and we'll get back to it a bit later. So, long story short, freedom became central and honored, and freedom of religion was no exception here. Then, in 1795, France formally separated the state and the church by decree, and basically, the decree said, from now on, everyone is free to choose the religion they want, but the state would no longer support religious institutions and there will no longer be a ministry of religion. In the following decades, many developments unfolded and a lot of reforms came about. But as usual, they were preceded by struggle and controversy. Then, in 1880, an important man named Jules Ferry, he was education minister back at the time, and he announced that primary school would be compulsory, free, and laïque. And yes, you're right, the church dominated education. So, if you want to put it simply, Jules Ferry didn't want religion to have a grip over people's conscience. Then, in 1905, boom, turning point, things got official and France passed a law that says you're basically free to choose your religion, but the state would neither recognize nor fund cults. So, religion is private, which means that you're not allowed to display religious signs in public. Bear in mind that the 1905 law was modified to include stricter laws, but we can turn the steering wheel away from that for the sake of simplicity, okay? Later, things would get complicated and interesting. As you know, Christianity is the main religion in France. But due to migration, 
the religious scene evolved to include other religions. If we look at North Africa, for example, many people migrated to France as students and workers, and those people, in their majority, happened to be Muslims. Over time, religion started, as some see it, nagging laicity. And in the late 1980s, a debate started on veil. In the French town of Cray, a school expelled a group of female students for veiling. And according to the school administration, the reason was that the veil was a public display of religion and therefore it violated the principle of laicité. Some said that the simple action of veiling was a violation of laicité, but others posited that veiling was not a problem unless it became a threat to public order. Remember what I previously mentioned about the disruption of public order? So, the subsequent years saw an inflamed debate, and the government sent the so-called Commission Stasi to sort of supervise or uh, monitor adherence to laicité at school. But the debate continued, and it only concluded with the passing of Law 2004, which prohibits the public display of religious signs in schools. But ironically, this law just added fuel to the fire, and instead of ending or at least calming the debate, it made it complex by setting the floor for the weaponization of laicité. Now, with the 9-11 and the terror attacks that hit France and other European countries, Islam became that stigmatized religion associated with violence, radicalization, and intolerance. And what started as not displaying the religious signs like the kippah, the turban, the cross, and the hijab expanded to include other things. It seems that with every attack claimed by some armed groups, the debate on laïcité took a new dimension. You may remember the aftermath of Charlie Hebdo and the Bataclan, and how stigmatization of Muslims exploded, including those who were French citizens. So, what started as the Veil Affair expanded to include the Burkini Affair, the Long Dress Affair, and recently, the Abaye Affair last year. And to put it in perspective, what happened is that the Ministry of Education banned the wearing of habayas in school, again because they violate laïcité. And this move triggered a wave of defiance among female students because it was perceived as a violation of personal freedom. And let me share something with you. I found it a bit ironic, even funny, when I came across titles like France bans Muslim abaya or the French court maintains the ban on Muslim abaya. You know why? Because the habaya is more of a cultural thing and many women in the Gulf wear it because, yes, it is modest, but also because it's practical. Now, it's reflection time. You may be aware of the recent affair with Karim Benzema. Uh, Benzema is a French footballer of Algerian descent, 
uh, he built an incredible career and he won the Ballon d'Or two years ago and he's playing for a club in Saudi Arabia. So what happened is that Benzema expressed his support for the Palestinians and some people in the French government were not so happy. Interior Minister Darmanin accused him of having ties with the Muslim Brotherhood and that accusation quickly escalated to drive a senator to vote that Benzema should be stripped of his French nationality. So, are French Muslims equal to non-French Muslims? From what we see, I don't think they are. Muslim French always have to prove their Frenchness to fellow French. They have to behave in a certain way, avoid doing certain things so they don't create controversy, and be as discreet as possible in religious practices. Second, what is oppression and what is empowerment? You know, I encountered many people who believe that veiled women are oppressed. And while there are women who are indeed forced to cover their hair, others choose to. I even met women for whom the hijab was a tool of empowerment. For them, a woman can choose to veil, not to veil, to wear a bikini or a bikini. It's a matter of personal freedom, really. But in France, laïcité-related news are overwhelmingly about Muslim women. Don't do this, don't dress this way, this is too modest, this is religious, this is covering a lot of skin. And th this situation is ironic because remember how France supported Iranian women after the death of Mahsa Amini in 2022? Even President Macron hosted some Iranian activists at the Élysée to express his solidarity. But is France in a position to give lessons in women's empowerment? What started as a legal principle safeguarding politics from the influence of religion got distorted. What started as a principle to ensure the equality of all citizens, regardless of origin, race, religion and beliefs, became a tool used to foster division, controversy, and discrimination. From a principle calling for the freedom of religion, laïcité is now associated with freedom from religion. From a principle that drew a clear distance with personal freedom, today, the line between laïcité and personal freedom is fading. Laïcité is not the English translation of secularism. Many words and expressions actually become elusive when we start talking about laïcité. What does laïcité even mean? What is public expression? What is public order? And what is disruption? Is laïcité hostile to Islam? Or is it the other way around? And what is empowerment? What is oppression? Can neutrality become oppression, control and intolerance? I'll leave those questions for you, because each one of us has different opinions. And my goal here is not to convince you of anything. Instead, my goal is to enlighten you on a topic so you build your own perspective. But what we may agree on is that France became so concerned with laïcité that it overlooked its signature motto, liberty, equality, fraternity.
Thank you very much for listening to this episode. This was Decrypted, your weekly podcast that simplifies complex topics in politics and history. If you enjoyed it, please share it with your friends, colleagues, and family. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please find me on LinkedIn and Twitter. I would also be happy if you suggest topics that you want me to decrypt for you. And in the meantime, take care, stay safe, and stay tuned for the next episode.